Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. And if you're a fan of this podcast, you already know the 50-year mission is definitive oral history of Star Trek. And Secrets of the Force will tell you everything you want to know about the history of Star Wars. But what you probably don't know is Ed Gross and I have a new book coming out this July. They shouldn't have killed this dog. The complete uncensored ass-kicking oral history of John Wick, Gun Fu, and the new age of action. Coming from St. Martin's in hardcover, digital, and audio. You can order it today. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. This is Darren Docterman, and we are the Inglorious Trexperts. I thought it was a classic femme fatale. Just so much fun. I like that Shakespearean lace in your acting. I said, Gene, what do you want from this character? I want you to just take the character and make it your own. <laughs> <laughs> I had a good time on the film. On day one, the movie was already $15 million over budget. We started this movie without an ending. That's like painting yourself into a corner. I don't think we've ever had a Star Trek oh, captain on our show. Cool. Being, as you said, number one of the, on the call sheet, it is a producer's position if you're going to take it seriously. I was so glad they didn't cast me as Lorca. <laughs> <laughs> you famously wrote that script in 12 days. On one level, I wrote the script. And on another level, the story was written by everybody and sure. his brother. New episodes every Saturday, wherever you listen to podcasts, or download the Electric Now app. Keep on trekking. Ingloriously, of course. Inglorious Trexperts, the only podcast for fans with a life, is available every Friday, wherever you listen to podcasts, and on the free Electric Now app. Download it today. Hello and welcome to Best Movies Never Made, a podcast where we talk about interesting and infamous movies that never made it to or through production. Most of the time, the movies you're trying to make don't get made. Like, four of them may happen, one of them may happen, none of them may yeah. happen, and I'll be attached to three more things by end of summer. Turn the script into something resembling like Unforgiven with Conan. Yeah. Suddenly the rights expired and the whole thing just like went away Ow. overnight. New episodes will be available every other Monday. We won't see you at the movies. Best Movies Never Made, as featured in Entertainment Weekly, is available wherever you listen to podcasts and on the free Electric Now app. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and this is the 430 movie. And welcome to Send in the Clowns Week. Isn't it rich? Are we a pair? Me here at last on the ground, you in midair. Where are the clowns? Speaking of, you know, already here, Mark. I was just going to say, yeah. maybe not the best name for our week because. Don't uh, bother. They're here. It, it, invites, <laughs> it invites way too many jokes. More clowns <laughs> than you can shake a stick at week. The clowns have been there from the beginning. From, from the very first episode, you've had clowns on this show. Um, what, what, do I amuse you? Am I a clown to you? <laughs> And Darius Pitt, good fellas. Yeah, you're fine. Um, you know, you know, this is the way you tell a story. <laughs> well, you, you, in case you haven't guessed, uh, this week we're doing movies, movies about clowns, movies about clowns. And uh, I want to remind you, this is the fifth season of uh, the 430 <laughs> movie. And you're welcome to uh, 
uh, so, you know, I'm sure on the on the on the Twitter and everything, you can uh, talk about when the show jumped the shark. Could be this week. We don't know. I, I tend to think it was a monkey business week, but uh, <laughs> but you 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 make the judge. You be that, the that, judge. That sound you're hearing is the bottom of the barrel being scraped. 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 Well, we got a couple more weeks in the season, and I think we're going to rebound with some very special shows coming up. Um, and uh, yeah, <laughs> so, but today well, it's all about the clowns. We're clowning around, clowning <laughs> around on the show. And I want to remind you that if you want to see us clowning around in person, um, both I don't know. It just seemed like a good segue. What can I say? That we're all going to be down at the um, San Diego Comic Con uh, in uh, in July on a multitude of panels. We can come visit us. Tell us how much you like the uh, the podcasts, and then some of us will even be going to Viva Las Vegas, Viva or, um, Las Vegas, the big Star Trek event down there in uh, in August. So a lot of opportunities to see your favorite four thirty movie hosts live and in person. I wasn't aware that two. Constitutes a what? A, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is for some of us. My mind is going. A full well, fifty percent. You're actually well. You know, we we don't go to a lot of these uh, these events, especially coming on the heels of the pandemic. That is a lot. And well, you're actually going to be at the, um, if I'm not mistaken, going to be at the Ticonderoga event as well. Ticonderoga. When is around, that, Darren? Hanging with Mr. Shatner. I believe it's around the 14th. Wow. Okay. Of July. In July. In July. Wasn't there a movie called Mac and Me? This would be Bill and Me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, so. there was. It was like Mac, an ET ripoff, wasn't it? Mac and totally. Bill and Me. Yeah. So Bill, Bill, Bill and Me. And it's the story of Darren Dockerman and Bill Shatner. It's, it's kind of oh. like that. Uh, and his imaginary show. friend. That Ben Stiller show. I'm friends with Scotty. That's right. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. By the way, I, a couple months ago, I went back and I rewatched. Um, the Ben Stiller show with my wife. And um, that show is pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That pretty, I, I loved it. What was it? Die Hard Clowns. <laughs> well, not anymore. He's to be someone to be taken very seriously. Oh, he's very serious. The, now. Uh, very showrunner serious. of uh, showrunner of, of Severance, um, which I'm hopeful will get a couple of Emmy nominations this, uh, uh, this, this uh, award season. Um, did you guys get your Emmy ballots this week? I got the link. Yes. Yeah, well, that's what I, I mean. It's all to- <laughs> I, I didn't think you, you know they hand delivered you a little piece of paper. We, I'm like, they I haven't the- invited me. A guy on a bicycle showed up at my door and rang the bell and handed me my ballot. I want my three dollars. Okay, well, so 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 what, what what would you like to see win the big show this year? Peacemaker. Yeah, because you like butterflies. Butterflies are free. Damn right, I love butterflies. I have to say, I really enjoyed uh, Peacemaker. Yeah, it was pretty terrific. That main, I, I, the, the main title sequence needs to win just all the awards on its own. It does. See, I, I got to tell you something. Sorry, Darren, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yes, you did. It's okay. He well, did. then I just, let me finish my thought because I, I was going to say, I understand people are all gaga, radio gaga over uh, the Peacemaker um, opening credit sequence. But, you know, James did that in the specials. Now, admittedly, it's much better in Peacemaker, <laughs> but you know, everybody says, "Oh, look, it, the whole thing stops for this big musical sequence." Look, and and it, only I, because 
the budget on his opening title sequence was double that of the entire of the specials. Film. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there's literally a, a musical number for absolutely no reason in the middle of the specials. So it was like when I saw this and my son's like, oh, this is so funny. This is great. I said, yeah, but you saw the specials. The same thing. Same thing. There's actually a lot of similarities between the specials and Peacemaker. Peacemaker is much better, however. <laughs> He's clearly been ruminating on this idea for decades and of it's course. finally achieved its full flower. I'd, I'd like to see Better Call Saul get some love. Yes. And Ray Seahorn. Rhea Seahorn, absolutely. absolutely. Ray she Seahorn is, is awesome. Great. Rhea Seahorn and her ponytail should win <laughs> a couple of years worth of Emmys. Yeah, she, she's due. So good. So great on the show. And um, it's just it's amazing what Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould have pulled off this season. Well, the whole, the whole show is the whole show. Yeah. To take this kind of wackadoodle character from Breaking Bad... And, uh, you know, it could have been Aftermath, but instead it's arguably <laughs> better than uh, Breaking Bad. It's 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 there are other shows that are Aftermath, but we're not going to talk about those. <laughs> That's um, strange. Very strange. <laughs> so um, anyway, I actually what about you? So if you if you had been invited to to uh, vote in the Oscars, uh, the Oscars, the, the Emmys, Oscars, what, uh, what what's your uh, what's your pick? Uh, I don't know, man. It's all crap. No, I'm kidding. Uh, you know. That's a that's a great question. I actually did quite love uh, the Peacemaker. Um, I, I thought that was pretty terrific television. Um, you know, uh, damn, that's a that's a great question. Are you watching the boys this season? I haven't watched it. I'm waiting for all of it to drop so mm. that I can binge it yeah. and just watch it in one glorious run. Yeah, uh, I am told what? that is bananas. B a n a n a s bananas. Steve, I know you watched. Uh, we uh, we own the city, which is up for oh, yes. uh, a limited series because it was only six episodes. Um, what do you think of uh, the show from David David Simon? David Simon. I, I mean, I'm here for anything that David Simon uh, puts on the air. I, I think he's terrific. I, I thought it was a I thought it was a great show, and um, I would definitely vote for it. Yeah, and even though I, I agree, I loved it. But even though Succession was a while ago, I, 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 Succession is is definitely high on my list. And I just basically, all everyone was telling me, you got to watch the, for all mankind. They've been yes. telling me for three years, and I love Ron Moore, but for whatever reason, I just it didn't speak to me. And I started watching it uh, like two weeks ago. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic. I really loved it. it. It's great. Really good. You would dig it the most, I think. Yeah, I'm yeah. really, I really am into it. it. I've just been binging it like crazy. So, but I'll tell you something I liked a lot last season. Uh, Flight attendant just self destructed this season. I, I, I don't know if any of you guys watch it, but it was yeah, just a I, mess. I loved like the first season is brilliant. I agree, uh, and I think there's, I mean, look, there's a, there's a lot I dig about the second season, but ultimately, I felt like, um, it got there's, there was something. Yeah, it did. It got convoluted. And in a way, it, it, but convoluted in a way that made it wrap up too neatly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, like, it took me a while to go from episode seven to episode eight, uh, simply because I felt it was just so, I mean, I didn't mind that it was dark. But I, I obviously not. I mean, look at how I'm dressed. But, <laughs> you know, it, it was that it was... It was bleak in a way that didn't suggest um, where it was going or where, in, in a way that I thought was necessarily interesting. 
Whereas in the first season, when I got through episode eight, I couldn't believe I was through episode eight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I felt it was very forced this season. Yeah. And I, 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 the best thing were the supporting characters. Um, it's it just what they were doing. With, it just felt really disappointed. Although I have to say, I thought Sharon Stone gave a tour de force performance. Oh, really yeah. Great. I mean, that whole episode where she goes home, you know, and I love you, but I don't like you was just boom. That was terrific. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure we've said that to each other on the show. Oh, a couple yeah, of times. All the time. I, I think we just sort of, I think that's our mantra here on the 430 movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before <laughs> we, um, as you can see, I'm trying to stall on this whole clown week. But, um, Come on. It's going to be great. We're going to get there in a second, but I would be, it's gonna be as good as the Audrey Hepburn week. It's gonna be- <laughs> Audrey Hepburn week was really good. It was great. You know why? Because she made great movies. She it did. helps. Yeah. It helps. Did she make any great clown movies? No, thankfully. Um, <laughs> funny faces as close as she got. So um, I got to I gotta ask you, because, you know, I wrapped up last week, our favorite miniseries, and I say that uh, uh, with a little bit of sarcasm, The Offer. Of course, this is the tale <laughs> the of how one man single-handedly made The Godfather possible. And as I mentioned on social, I think what's great is it really opens the door for Al Ruddy to save Nakatomi Plaza next season, um, or at the very I, least I make I a sequel to Mega Force. Was it a couple days ago that... Uh, Coppola was quoted as saying, you know, I'm not even sure Ruddy was even in New York. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You okay? Where's Al Ruddy? We, we can't hear you. Not in New York. That was intentional because I was coughing. Okay, good. But he the, needs a um, lozenge. But uh, <laughs> for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, the offer um, supposedly, it was a 10-episode miniseries on Paramount+. Plus, Based on the, the recollections yeah, yeah. of <laughs> Al Ruddy during the production of The Godfather. What's incredible is there have been all these spectacular books about the making of The Godfather. Yeah. And there have been great documentaries with uh, Francis Ford Coppola. Obviously, The Kid Stays in the Picture. The yeah. memoirs of um, Robert Evans is one of and the great And they all mostly showbiz. agree with each other. <laughs> they, they do. <laughs> and of course, Until now. this is very well documented <laughs> because, of course, one of the most infamous things is Francis Ford Coppola never thanked Bob Evans when he accepted his Oscars because there was so much vitriol between him and Evans. But the way that the offer paints it, it's like they're the best friends game. Yeah. They could take on the place. world together. Uh, it's like the New Testament. All of the Gospels tell slightly different stories of, uh, of the life and teachings of, of Jesus Christ. So how should Francis Ford Coppola be any the different? Book of Ruddy. Right. <laughs> the exactly. book of Ruddy. Well, you know, they do say that uh, everyone is the star of their own movie, and this, and, uh, this show puts that to the absolutely. test. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> But it's funny because, like, for instance, Matthew Good is phenomenal as Bob Evans, and I read an interview I with him recently, that. and he said, <laughs> he says, people have been very critical of this show, you know, but I don't think it's our responsibility to be, you know, accurate, <laughs> you know, something <laughs> like that. And he's like, you know, I, all I could do is play the, you know, he's very defensive about the whole thing. They're all super defensive about it. But I think when you take such enormous liberties, you know, and uh, it, it's fair that people are critical. Now, it's wonderfully entertaining in the way that the Oscar is entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about I, the, the, yes. the but, um, movie, yeah. but, 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 you know, for a lot of people, they think this is really the way it happened. Right. And, it's not even close. No way, baby. No way. <laughs> <laughs> but but I want to see, as Steve pointed out on Twitter, 
uh, I would I would pay real money to see Matthew Good do the kid stays in the picture at this point. Absolutely. Or the making of Megaforce with Al Ruddy. You bet your ass. It was the (laughs) biggest film of 1982. And it wouldn't (laughs) have happened without Al Ruddy. (laughs) Was it all a pack of lies? You bet it was. Are we sure it's fun? (laughs) Okay, well, guys, that is enough clowning around because it really is time to do our clown week. This is a movie, this is a week, a fantasy theme week of films either featuring or about clowns. So, and I'm not talking about like all the president's men. The Watergate plumbers don't count as clowns. They have to wear like like Ronald McDonald or something. They have to have like a clown face. Well, or if you watch the mini the recent miniseries Gaslit, uh, they may they may count as clowns. No, I don't have I don't have stars. So that's a good show. I guess that's I good. do have the. Um, they, they, the Academy does send you like these links and stuff, but I don't have stars. Sean Penn, Julia Roberts, uh, very entertaining. They had stars. I don't <laughs> have stars. Okay. So we're going to start as always with Monday and Steve Melching will start us off as we send in the clowns for an all new 430 movie fantasy theme week. So Steve, what are we watching? Well, uh, yeah, I, I I'm going with a little film from uh, 2002 uh, directed by and written by uh, George Lucas called Attack of the Clowns. And uh, this is a... (laughs) Is that the one where all of the clone troopers just keep streaming off of like that one troop ship? Yeah, they have one ship and there's like a a million of them. I don't think they're uh, clown troopers. I think they were clones. (laughs) And they have big feet. (laughs) <laughs> huge, huge feet. No, that's that's not my pick. I was just kidding. Ha ha. Oh, um, oh as if I jumped the shark. That's what I said. Hearts, <laughs> the clown is horror. Yeah, you know, as, as, as I'm sure we'll we'll discover as uh, as we program this week, there are all kinds of movies with clowns. Some some of them might be funny. Some of them might be trying to try to be funny. Some of them, probably a lot of them, are horror movies because clowns. Uh, there's that. Um, What's the Latin? What's the actual clinical phrase for someone who's a has a, a phobia of clowns? Fucking oh. scariest. <laughs> That's an actual. There's a, there's a term, term for that. I, I thankfully, I, I've never suffered from it. I always thought clowns are just kind of dumb. Bozophobia. Bozophobia. <laughs> I just said that. Oh, did you? Yeah, we did. We said oh, that now must be it. <laughs> so it's howdy duty time, and your pick is. <laughs> Go on, don't wait for the translation answer. Yes, no. God, he's Steve doesn't have one. Steve what doesn't have one. He's so exciting. What, what are you it? talking about? You don't What's have a pick. Movie? Oh, a pick. My pick. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I have a pick. No, my oh, my good. my actual pick is a um, it's a film about a, a crying on the inside kind of clown. Uh, it's a movie from 1990, uh, directed by Howard Franklin and Bill Murray. Mm. Starring uh, Bill Murray uh, called Quick Change. Let's make a commitment. Let's not be like every other couple on the IRT. Will you rob a bank with me? I will, Grim. I will. Hey, I got three more minutes. Boy, close, Bozo. Let's not mess with me today. What the hell kind of clown are you? The crying on the inside kind, I guess. <sighs> Fill this up with regular, please. Our perpetrator. Every kite, every throat, red nose, blue hair. It was the perfect crime. Nice. Now, 
All they need to do is get to the airport. Did we miss the expressway? Getting farther away every second. By car. Oh, we're really making progress now. I saw a sign, Phyllis. Three of them out there, shouting with glee. Taxi! By cab. Airport. Look. Huh? Great. And why don't you take us straight to Sing Sing? There's a real camera. Stop Taxi! By foot. Ah! By bus. You go to the airport? Near the airport. That is an exact change. You better get some help. You're becoming Ralph Cramden's evil twin. By midnight. Bill Murray. All right, can we just calm down a little, please? Gina Davis. Oh, well, we'll never make the flight. We'll have to sail a raft to Fiji like Thor Heyerdahl. Please, God! Randy Quaid. We need a cab! One loud freaking cab! Jason Robards. So easy getting in. No way out. In a major oh. metropolitan comedy. Ah! Quick change. Was that our plane? No, no. If it were our plane, it'd be crashing. God, I hate this town. Which is a, a heist film uh, that also uh, stars uh, Gina Davis and Randy Quaid, who are the other members of Bill Murray's Bank Robin crew. Uh, it also stars uh, Jason Robards as the uh, detective, police, New York City police uh, detective, is trying to, to catch them. And it features uh, uh, an array of, uh, of uh, comedians in supporting roles, including Bob Elliott of Bob and Ray, uh, a young Phil Hartman, uh, Tony Shalhoub, uh, Stanley Tucci, and even Kurtwood Smith. Uh, and Can't go uh, wrong with that cast. It's a great cast. Uh, it was also uh, produced by Bill Murray. It's the only film that Bill Murray has directed. Uh, and, and Co-directed. Co-directed. Uh, because apparently Jonathan Demi uh, had to drop out. And uh, so he read the scripts. <laughs> it's actually, the- I don't know. I think it's a charming, it's a fun movie. It's uh, It's got a pretty clever heist at the beginning uh, where. Uh, I love the heist. I think the yeah. first 15 minutes of that movie, in fact, it was on my short list only because I think the first 15 minutes of that movie are so good. I think it self-destructs after that, but I love the heist. <laughs> love it. It's really uh, and, and it's uh, Bill Murray is in disguise as a clown uh, for the opening act uh, of the movie. Uh, and uh, they pull off this really uh, clever heist. Uh, they rob this bank of like a million dollars. And the rest of the movie is about their their getaway or their attempts to get away. And it's one of those things. It's sort of an after hours situation where uh, they everything that could go wrong in their escape seems to go wrong, trying, they just can't get out of New York city uh, with their money. And um, it's it's just a really, uh, just a a fun caper heist movie um, with a clown. It, it, uh, it had a kind of a mid range budget and did not do particularly well. I I think it lost money and it, uh, you know, I don't think it really had a, a a lasting impact (laughs) No, film it business, but it was it was one of those kind of fun mid-range comedies that don't seem to get made that much anymore. Yeah, no, no, I, I'm not surprised to see on the list because I do. I think it's a, you know, right up there with Inside Man in terms of the caper. You know, it's like it's so clever. I hadn't seen anything like that before. I thought it was really smart. But, uh, you know, when you compare it to After Hours, I'm horrified because, you know, I'm a huge fan of After Hours. I just, for whatever reason, don't don't feel this film. This film doesn't work for me overall. The rest of the movie, but uh, 
but it's 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 a good clown movie. I mean, it's a good pick for Clown Week. Yeah, I take it from the, the thundering silence that no one else has no, seen this movie. No, no, I've seen it, uh, and I agree with Mark. <laughs> I mean, I think the heist is great. I love Bill Murray. I always love Bill Murray. Sure, what's not um, to love? You know, but it, it's like, but it does. It, it doesn't quite. I don't know that it lives up to the to the promise of that opening. What's not to love? Ask Richard Dreyfuss. <laughs> Fine, what? you ask Richard Dreyfuss. <laughs> no, they yeah. they did not get along on the set of What About Bob. Well, oh yeah. Well, nobody gets along with Richard Dreyfus. Well, no one gets along with uh, Bill Murray either. Apparently, but Apparently. Uh, <laughs> but we all love Bill Murray, so they damn right we do. Okay, so um, yeah, that's, that's, a good, quick, that's a good one. I like it's, I like it's a good pick. Good pick. So that brings us to Tuesday and Darren Doctorman, who has some more clowns to send in. Uh, only one. Only one. Um, this again is a uh, is a crying on the inside uh, type of clown. Uh, it's actually an, an extremely tragic and and heart touching story. Um, it's about a uh, a a nobleman's child who was horribly uh, mutilated due to an unfortunate uh, uh, Chinese rice picker. No. Unfortunate accident, he has a job. <laughs> no, no rice picker. Did he belong in the circus right next to the dog-faced boy? Well, he winds up in a circus um, because of his deformation. Um, and his deformation is so famous that we know, we know it even today. Uh, because this is the original 1928 film Starring Conrad Veidt, mm, the man yeah. who laughs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Excellent choice. Oh, I had that on my very, very short list. It is uh, amazing. The it, it's silent, uh, it, but deadly. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the um, amount of emotion that. Conrad Veidt portrays with very uh, seemingly little effort. It's unbelievable, his performance in this. And uh, the story is heart-wrenching and uh, you, are, you are devastated by the end. Um, it's, uh, it's tragic, it's moving, it's uh, extremely well told. Uh, the uh, film was directed by uh, the great Paul Lenny and uh, the original novel was by Victor Hugo, and uh, the adaptation was by Jay Grubb. Lander. Oh. So <laughs> I said the adaptation was by Tim Burton, because yes. of course, uh, The Man Who Laughed uh, Laughs was a huge inspiration on the Clown well, Prince of Crime. Yeah, well, for sure. Indeed. Uh, Explicitly. Bill, Bill Finger, who uh, created the Joker, uh, you know, alongside the machinations of Bob Kane, completely took that famous uh, still of Conrad Veidt with his hideous grin and drew it as the Joker. And that's what it became. And uh, it's it's amazing uh, that here we are, you know, uh, almost a hundred years later, uh, and that uh, that still ripples in our popular culture. Yeah. I think because I mean, aside from the fact that obviously it was given new life by how it was adapted into another medium as a different yeah. character. Once you've seen that photo, once you've seen that, even if you've never seen the movie, if you've yeah. seen a picture of Conrad Veidt from that movie, like with just that, that yeah. grin, it sticks with you. It never leaves you. 
Yeah. I remember I saw that um, for the first time, maybe when I was like nine or 10 years old, like I was looking at this thing about like a sort of movie, like monsters, believe it or not. Um, and it just glued itself into my brain. I, I didn't even make the connection at the time right. between that and the Joker, but I never forgot it. I have to say, Conrad, because you were been... too traumatized by the It's Alive commercial. That's absolutely. You know what? Absolutely, <laughs> man. It's like, I swear to God, like, you know, my life is basically defined by the, the trauma of things that I've seen when I was a child. But, um, but Conrad Veidt, you know, he's just been he's amazing. He's one, of the few he's, amazing. Act, he's one of the few actors who was able to make the transition from silent to talkies. Get uh, me the radio tower. Get me the radio tower. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, obviously he's in Casablanca, uh, but he's also in The Thief of Baghdad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he does an amazing performance there. And uh, he is uh, he is extremely effective as an actor, uh, mm-hmm. even when he's talking, which is uh, uh, special for that time of uh, history. No, it, it's a great pick. It's a great pick. It's an iconic image, obviously, of uh, Conrad Veidt. And uh, uh, he was, a, you know, like you said, a terrific actor. He has great stories. He hated playing a Nazi because, of yeah. course, he was a Jewish immigrant yeah. from uh, Germany. And um it's uh, it's terrific. Uh, and there's really... a great there's a great 4K uh, uh, transfer of the film uh, that you can see. It's available. You know, here's what I wonder about that movie and this show, um, because you know we liked it to cut in trailers. <laughs> yeah, how are we going to do that? <laughs> it's going to it's gonna be like three minutes of silence. Dun, right. dun, dun. It'll just be a piano playing. Yeah, Mark Rivera. Over to you. It's so funny you said that because I was literally, when Darren said that, I was literally thinking that. I'm like, how are you going to play a trailer for this? Unless it's one of these home video trailers where he's like, it was the, the look lab. that inspired, you know, the Joker right. and da da da. Yeah. It's no. one of the most horrifying silent movies, of, you know, but it's like, yeah, otherwise, you know, it's like trying to explain the Keystone Cops or something, you know, oh. over audio. So. Yeah, that's a that's a really good good point. Somebody's listening to the podcast. Well, which, um, yeah, which reminds me of one of our uh, one of our listeners uh, or viewers uh, suggested an all uh, silent movie week, and I was thinking exactly the same thing. Uh, <laughs> how, how would we ever do that on the audio version of the podcast? Yeah, you know, um, speaking of our listeners, I was at the Academy Museum yesterday, and um, I ran into the Huckman. Uh, Brian Huckby, who was there with his family, a longtime listener of both the uh, Inglorious Trexperts and Fourth Third Movie. And I have to say, I've been critical of the Academy and obviously the Academy Museum on the mm-hmm. show, but I had such a wonderful time at the museum yesterday. Really great. And um, my son, who who really enjoyed the, um, the right now they have an exhibit devoted to science fiction uh, and matte paintings and things. And so he was mesmerized by the um, uh, science fiction montage of, of sci-fi films, and then asked me to have the uh, me to print out the list of 101 greatest science fiction movies of all time that we did on Trexpress because he wants to watch them. But he saw so <laughs> oh many of the, the the quotes, uh, the clips in the at the Academy. So uh, it served its purpose, I must say. Uh-huh. Yeah. We'll see. That him again reminds me. If we're going to do anything like that again, we need to start recording now. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know, I know. I said, well, you know, maybe you can come on and tell us what you thought if we got our list right. He said, yeah, in three years when I'm done. No, yeah, <laughs> listening. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, great pick for Tuesday with Darren. Now, it brings us to our number one clown, um, <laughs> Ashley Miller with Wednesday. Have you ever now, danced I with the devil have... in the pale moonlight? Uh, <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. No, no, okay. no, no, no. You didn't. So, no, place have... your bets. Okay, place look, your bets. It's not Batman. We know that. As you picked it too many times already. Yeah. I got my pick dialed in. All right. You, got, you all I dialed have, in? I have no freaking idea. All right. But you know um, mine. In a way... I, I hesitated. I think I hesitated. I, I hesitated <laughs> to make this pick because I felt like it would be too obvious to all of you. Like it's almost for me, it's straight down the middle. Like it's exactly what you would expect me to pick. Um, I have a, had an alternate that I, I kind of thought about. But, but Darren the, the, picked one we didn't expect. That was yeah, like, very true. And 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 one of I thought about something that would have been a nice little segue from that uh, to Wednesday. But instead, I'm I'm not going to do that. Um, I, I am going to pick a uh, an odd little science fiction movie um, with a. With a with a touch of comedy and a dash okay, of horror. Is it too late for me to change my? I'll, I'm not going to make a backup one. Okay, cool. Um, I pick locked in, locked and ready. It was uh, it was go. written, produced, and directed by the puppeteering lunatics who brought us Critters. Um, did the puppets for Team America: World Police. Yes, boys, exactly. <laughs> I am talking about the Kyoto Brothers' 1988 opus, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. It was a night like any other night. Then something happened. Did you see that? Something different. There's no shooting star. Why here? Why now? Why clowns? <laughs> They've been knocking them dead all over the universe. What are you gonna do? Knock my block off? Soon they'll be doing it at a theater near you. Killer clowns from outer space. Just cruising through the galaxy and stopped here for a bite to eat. You don't need a police bell, you need a psychiatrist. Uh-oh. They want to play games? They're messing with the wrong guy. What are you in for? Killer clowns from outer space. It's crazy. Yeah, baby. So the original title of this movie was just Killer Clowns. And they added from outer space because the Kyoto Brothers didn't want the audiences to believe that it was a slasher film. I, I guess because 
they, they, they didn't want to lose any street cred. Um, all right, so here's the, the premise. The premise is that a, uh, a shooting star lands just outside of a small town. Um, and uh, inside of that shooting star is a ship. The ship is filled with aliens who all look like clowns. Their ship looks like a circus tent. Uh, <laughs> and they begin a rampage through this town where they, you know, they take captives who they place into these cotton candy cocoons um, for their own nefarious purposes. Uh, it's a, I, I, I don't want to say it's pretty straightforward because let's face it, once you're into, you know, killer clowns from outer space shooting popcorn at people, um, you're not, you know, you're not straightforward. You're in a, you're in a very strange place. But I will say this about the movie. Um, it, it never ceases to entertain. It is bizarre. Uh, it is, um, it's, it is almost ceaselessly inventive in terms of how it, uh, how it, how it maximizes the potential of its completely insane premise. Um, it has an enormous amount of fun, uh, with itself. And I don't, mean that in some salacious way. Uh, I mean, look, it, it's funny. There's a, there's a scene that just never fails to make me laugh where there's uh, one of the, the clowns rides up to a bunch of bikers, outlaw bikers, and he's like on his tiny little moped. And they don't understand that he's an evil alien who has evil alien powers. And the, 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 the president of that MC is just He's given this little clown a hard time about his bike. And uh, he, he, he asks to honk the bike's horn. And, honk, honk, and he honks it by destroying the bike. And he's mocking him. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your bike? And the clown puts up his dukes with little, little, little boxing gloves on. And he says, what are you going to do? Knock my block off? And the clown punches him. And his head just flies right off into a trash can. And I die laughing every single time. Which, look, I mean, if you get one die laughing just once out of a movie, then you're, 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 you're pretty ahead. Um, I, I can't tell you that... Or you lose a head. Or you lose a head. <laughs> the police reported a head. What about the rest of the body? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not going to tell you that this movie... Is um is you know freaking it's not Kramer versus Kramer man it's like it's not although that would be that, cool although that would be cooler clown versus killer killer clowns from outer space as Kramer versus Kramer <laughs> I prefer it as ordinary people oh so. yeah totally it would just it's just like the one of the clowns keeps slamming the door uh it would be it would be terrific um and the clowns never say a word they just make clown noises um it is it's for what it is. I will say that it is fairly smart. <laughs> uh, you know, it's the greatest clown movie ever made. It's the greatest killer clown movie <laughs> ever made, period. Bold words. Hands down. It knows, ex well, you know what? There is, there is another. Uh, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's just entertaining. It knows exactly what it is. Um, and it's not bad because it's trying to be something and fails. It is, it, it succeeds at being exactly what it sets out to be. 
And you know that everybody involved with the making of this movie just had a spectacular time filming every frame of it. And that's how you know that you're watching something special. When you can just detect the joy with which something has been made and offered up to you, no matter how insane and and kind of dumb <laughs> it might be. So, you know, I, if you're into this kind of thing, and I guess that's my standard caveat for Wednesday, if you're into this kind of thing, uh, I cannot recommend Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Highly enough. I'm going to throw that highly enough because otherwise I would just be saying I cannot recommend Killer Clowns from Outer Space, which I can't. <laughs> Now, I, I remember seeing this movie at uh, Dr. Reed's Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror screening uh, on USC campus in 88. I think that was the only time I ever saw it, but it was a blast. It, I, I second Ashley's motion. It, it, it embraces its premise with gusto and, you know, just goes straight down the line and, and finds every, milks every bit of humor about clowns and horror and alien invasions and makes it part of the movie in, in sometimes silly and sometimes horrific ways. And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. And the, the makeup effects, those okay. clown heads are in these kind of animatronic. By the Cheeto are, brothers. Yeah. yeah I mean, mm -hmm. they're, they're wonderful. I mean, they're really well done and super creepy and weird. Well, I think this uh, film was an audition reel for them, you know, as directors. And obviously it had a lot of successes, makeup, prosthetics, guys. And, um, you know, it's such a cult classic. Um, and how could it not be with that title? Exactly. You have to watch it just from the title alone. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think Shout Factory put it out recently on mm. Blu-ray. So um, busy for a while, it had only been on DVD. What a shame. <laughs> <laughs> Clown Week here on the 430 movie. <laughs> We're In loving the center it. center ring. <laughs> Five years. The this, uh, ring. this brings us to Thursday. It Thursday. does indeed. And it's funny because, Thursday. you know, I, I, I kind of figured Ashley would go with Killer Clowns from Outer Space or House of a Thousand Corpses. Mm -hmm. He went with Killer Clowns from the Outer Space. I do like Sid Haig, of course, because of his uh, sensational performance as Spiro, Julie Newmar's uh, uh, hench person in the classic Buck Rogers episode, Flight of the War Witch. Yeah, and, I love that uh, episode. <laughs> I was lucky enough to work with Sid Haig on House of the Dead 2, in which I talked to him about Flight of the War Witch. Um, and, and of, of course, course he's, he's also one of uh, King Tut's minions in the original. Uh, I know, one of his earliest roles. And let us not forget uh, his role in Diamonds Are Forever as one of the funeral oh, guys. That's right. And... Uh, I didn't know there was a pool down there. He, he's not the guy who says that, but uh, That's right. but he's. Can I just, before you go on, can I just tell you, like, I, I, look, I totally get why you thought, like, maybe I would pick House of a Thousand Corpses, but I will tell you that even as like a horror aficionado, yes, um, I'm not a Rob Zombie. Fan. I mean, look, I love actually, like, you know, the the music, but uh, I'm not a Rob Zombie fan. I, I, I feel like Rob Zombie when you make Rob Zombie movies, or when he makes Rob Zombie movies, nobody else makes them. Um, they have the feel of a guy who is making porno in his basement, then starts masturbating and totally forgets that the camera is on. You know, it just like, <laughs> there's like, it's just disturbing and you just feel wrong having watched it. Now I watch, you're, you're probably going to pick House of a Thousand Corpses. So, well, first I was going to say, I kind of agree with you, but, but then I got to the masturbating part. No, but how great does that trailer <laughs> for the monsters look? Yeah, that's true. You know, Oh, I gotta, I gotta, 
I got to step yeah. out of line. Uh, next to the original, it looks like. Yeah, of course. But the, of course, <laughs> next to the original. But it, it's like I, I of all the people to pay homage to the monsters and doing it in kind of an authentic, loving way. Rob Zombie would not have been the person I guessed. Mm hmm. So I, I I think it looks interesting. I, I think it looks well cast. I will, I will watch it, but I love this, uh, the monsters. I know you do. Um, and uh, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I was like, you know, it's just like people would pit Star Trek against Space 1999 as kids. Today, uh, people, well, today, back then, monsters versus the Adams Family was yeah. the big thing. You know, if you were either an Adams Family fan or a monsters fan. Now, the reason I liked the Monsters was because it was part of that Channel 11 lineup. Well, so if sure. there was nothing good on the 430 movie, you watch the Monsters at 3, you know, then Batman would come on with two episodes. I, think, yeah, I love the it Monsters. Was Adam's Family right? on Channel 5? Adam Sandler was on Channel Adam's 5. Adam's Family was on Channel 5, which is not as good as Channel 11. So right. I would watch the Monsters because it was on Channel 11, which was the, the good independent. But 5 and 9 them, were lame. You love them both. No, but but Channel Eleven always had the better shows. Like you know, five five would come would be less good, and then nine had all the crap except for the Mets That's right. games. That's right. Yeah, yeah. What are these things called? Television channels. But my my train my train of thought there was derailed. Yes, of course. Right. I I was talking derailed about, like a circus train. I was talking about Sid Haig being in a Bond movie. You know what else was in a Bond movie? Clowns. Roger Moore. Oh, boy. Oh, Steve, oh, you know boy. me so well. Roger Moore. <laughs> now, one of the reasons I'm picking Octopussy, 1983's Roger Moore, James Bond classic. Bond hits an all-time high. Roger Moore is Ian Fleming's James Bond 007 in Octopussy. Roger Moore in his newest and most thrilling of the James Bond adventures, filling the screen with excitement. In the tradition of the great James Bond films, Octopussy has everything. Elegant palaces and beautiful women. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Name's Bond. I believe you have a reservation for me. We've been expecting you, sir. I'm Octopus. And you are James Bond. 007 license to kill. Am I to be your target for tonight? Over here, James! This is Bond at his best. Hitting an all-time high in Octopussy. Step on it! The bond that tops them all. Octopussy racing across the screen with thrills and excitement. Roger Moore in his newest James Bond adventure, hitting an all-time high in Octopussy. is because people hate this movie with the passion. You know why they hate it? Because Roger Moore dresses up as a clown. It's so stupid. It's not stupid. It actually shows that what a great secret agent he is because this is actually a very underrated movie. It's about Vladimir Putin, 
who wants to take over Eastern Europe, Eastern Europe, invade the West with a lightning strike. And um, basically, uh, Stephen Burkhoff is this unhinged Russian general is going to detonate a uh, nuclear weapon in West Berlin. And uh, James Bond has to foil it. And he goes and um, he's this is all happening under the guise of Octopussy Circus. Maude Adams, the great Maude Adams. And uh, so he, in order, he's eluding the police that think somehow he's a bad guy or a terrorist. He has to dress as a clown. And people say, oh, Roger Moore, he dresses as a clown and it demeans the character. But, no you know, one notices clowns. But uh, he's at a circus. <laughs> he's at a circus. And I have to say that sequence where he has to disarm the bomb before it goes off at the circus is a, between the John Barry score and it's some of John Glenn's best directions. Because John Glenn was a bit of a ham-handed director, um, but no uh, it's a great sequence. And I love it. And I hate the fact that um, that movie doesn't get a lot of love. It came out the same year as Never Say Never Again, which you would think because it has Sean Connery would be so much better. Never Say Never Again is an embarrassment of monumental proportions. Octopussy <laughs> is by far the better film. I hear people listening on and from now I'm going, what is Altman talking about? Well, let me tell you, you're wrong. You're wrong. I'm a fucking gatekeeper. The gate is shut on your goddamn hand. And I'm right and you're wrong. Okay. So um, the gate is shut on your ham-handed directing. That's right. I'm slamming, I'm slamming the gate. Call me a gatekeeper. I don't care. Because you know what? I know more about Bond than you do. So there you go. So, <laughs> yeah. I wrote well, the I, I, I literally wrote that- the book. I can't say that this pick is an all-time high. <laughs> but you're a Rita Coolidge fan, aren't you? Yeah, but uh, but you know what? I actually kind of kind of like Octopussy in the uh, in the Roger Moore oeuvre. Um, so I'm I'm with you on that. I mean, look, I I do think the the clown thing is a little unsettling, and like I, I don't know if it's a good way, but like, but it kind of works. So I, I I find it difficult to uh, to to contest. Your analysis. So I have to say that if um, if Jerry Lewis had released the Data Clown Crime, maybe that would have been my pick. Oh maybe. my God! All of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. like the Jerry Lewis movies. Yeah. Like the um, uh, don't raise the. What was the one about? Like the uh, the the kid who's got all the different uncles. What? What? You know what I mean? Like, oh God damn it! I'll figure it out by the time well, we get to Friday. Anyway. Um, but go ahead. So Octopussy, we so, love it. Well, so we do you love, love it. it. Darren Octopussy. doesn't. I like it. What does Steve think? <laughs> I, I, Octopussy was my first Bond film in a movie theater. Mm. I had seen uh, I'd seen a lot of them on television uh, at that point, and I'd read several of the Ian Fleming novels, but Octopussy was my first time. I, I hated even saying the title of the movie back in 1983 because it felt so dirty mm. to say it out loud, but... Um, I, I I saw the movie in the theater and uh, I loved it. I, I still it's one of my uh, favorite Roger Moore Bond oh. outings. Uh, I love the opening it. titles or uh, the opening sequence with the little mini airplane the and everything. Ac- the Acrojet. Yep. Yes. Just think if you had substituted uh, the the uh, the meaning of the word octo in front of that, or the meaning of the word eight. Yes. You're, you're a Taro too. Great line. <laughs> I love that teaser. And of course, yeah. as always with the bombies, they go with the Roger Moore bombies, they go a little too far. They have this great action sequence, and then it ends with him running out of gas and pulling up to a gas station and going, fill her up. 
It, it well, always one yeah. too far. They the always got to put the button on it. They got to put the button, button on it. You know, it was like the same thing with Fear Eyes Only. I'll buy you a delicatessen, stainless steel, keep your hair on. But, you know, same thing with, uh, you know, oh, Moonraker. Moonraker. The, the, I mean, that Moonraker would be like a letter grade better if they just cut out those dumb jokes. Don't be human. It would also be a half hour long. I, I, we could we could extend this episode another <laughs> half hour with a knockdown drag out fight. We could have because you know I love Moonraker. There are no clowns in Moonraker though. Buys it. It's like it's <laughs> one of those places like where we just fundamentally disagree, Mark, and that's okay. No, because it's, it's like for all mankind. Moonraker is like in an alternate world. Moonraker could have happened <laughs> in, in an alternate history. Wow. Anyway, okay, but like <laughs> Octopussy isn't nearly as bad. It has a really gorgeous. John Barry score. Mm-hmm. Yep. Steve Steve Burkoff okay. is, is scary as hell, especially these days. Um, and then you know Louis Jordan is a little is not great. And 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 there's a great but scene where he plays Batgammon, which is right out of Goldfinger, but it's still great. And yep. the, the the villain you know crushes the the dice. But um, you know, VJ Armitage, who you all loved in Star Trek Four, attempting to construct a solar sail, once again dominates the movie with his charisma and his tennis <laughs> racket. And, uh, <laughs> what can I say? I don't really like clown movies, but I do like Bond movies. <laughs> and what better than a clown Bond movie? There's again, only there's generally Bond only uh, one step removed from either a Bond movie or Woody Allen movie with uh, most of these topics, uh, so we can. Uh, yeah, right, right. <laughs> and Woody Allen like, never played a clown in any of his movies. Well, he might have actually. Come to think of it, that's not you know. Yeah, At this point, it's nearly impossible. I think no, to come you know, up with a week that you can't sort of sideways get well, to a Bond. In, in Sleeper, in Sleeper, he does play the robot, yeah. which is a mm. bit of a clown. He kind puts clown. on the makeup and he's pretending to be a I'm robot. A clown. You could say it's a clown. clown. You could say that. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to stick with Octopussy. Right. Uh, uh, but you know, but I could have easily gone with Sleeper. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so my pick for Thursday, of course, is the James Bond classic of 1983. Octopus. 83. Oh, right. 83. Yeah, yeah. It was the Battle of the Bonds for those yeah. of you who are. It was old the not greatest remember. geek year ever. That's right. It was the, it was the, the year after the greatest geek year ever. Yeah. And of it was course, the hangover year. <laughs> it was the hangover year. But 83 was not a particularly good year. But everyone was looking forward to the Battle of the Bonds, and it turned out to be much ado about nothing. Oof. Yeah. Never Say Never Again was the second Bond movie I saw. And it, it came out. It was a yeah. little bit of a de- letdown. Yeah, mm. I saw. I, it's about the same age, but the first one I saw was Man with the Golden Gun. Mm. Oof, much much earlier than you. Well, I didn't know. Like my parents weren't into James Bond, and uh, you know, I, I had yeah. to really pick and choose the movies that I saw. It was mm. So much harder for me to get to a movie theater. Yeah, I was lucky. My parents loved James Bond movies. Yeah. Mm. My dad too. Like he just. Whenever they were on the ABC Sunday Night Movie, like <laughs> that's what we were watching. And if it was possible to take us. To the movie, then he would take us to the movie. Right. So, you know, it's a, it's I, I, I love them just for that. That's <laughs> that's that's great. That's so cool. Okay, well, that brings us to Friday and all that plethora of fantastic <laughs> so I movies. Several. I, I, I figured out what the movie I was thinking of was the yeah. Jerry Lewis movie where he plays a clown as the uh, the family jewels. Uh, where he's playing six uncles who are trying to win over the affections of uh, of their little niece who has inherited a, a large Ray. amount of money. 
Hey, lady. Uh, and and one of those uncles is a is sort of a ne'er do well clown. So mm. there you go. But I don't think it would be my my personal pick for for Friday. Personally, I think like the the direction we ought to go for Friday is uh, is it part one uh, because that is the ultimate killer clown film. And it, part two is not really very good, but, but part no. one is goddamn. <laughs> well, I mean, I think there's some other other options, and one of them, Darren's going to tell us right now. I got a, yes, I got a couple more. The first one is the founder. The okay. story the story of mm. Ray Kroc. That's a great movie, by the way. <laughs> because it, it it is a great movie. It's um, about Ronald McDonald. It, well, essentially, yes, but uh, it's uh, it's so well acted uh, mm-hmm. by Michael Keaton. He's he's lovable, and you hate him at the same time. It's great, um, and an amazing performance by Nick Offerman as one of the McDonald brothers. Uh, it's uh, it's really really good. I, I watched it the other day actually because it was just on. Those are two great picks. It and the founder are both great picks. But I want to I, I, I want to put in uh, and the Fountainhead has nothing to do with clowns, but anything gets us away from clowns. No, the Fountainhead. Um, I I, I want to submit uh, for your approval. Poltergeist, 1982's <laughs> classic haunted house say. movie. Um, uh, the, that clown, it, it doesn't play a huge part, but it's pivotal and very it's memorable. terrifying and very memorable. But if you if you include Poltergeist, then you have to include The Game by David Finch. Yes. Wow. There is a movie we don't, the, the people don't quite talk about enough. Mm. Um, David Fincher, um, I want to see, was it like 96, 97, something like that? Um, seven, seven, first movie after seven. Yeah. Yep. And it's really terrific. It's really it's, terrific. And it's got a great clown in it. Yeah, it does. Uh, I don't even remember the clown in that movie. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah it's it, the it's the puppet, it's the doll that basically gives him his uh, the start of his game. And it has a yeah. and it's a little redundant, but Mike, but David Fincher shoots that clown yeah, so it's, well. It's creepy. Those are so we got three really good p- p- possibilities for Friday: the founder, the game, and Poltergeist. Wow! So, Steve, what 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 else? What what else can, can you do to confuse the issue? Well, I was going to go. I was going to suggest Poltergeist. You uh, stole my thunder there. Uh, I mean, there's always you know we've we skirted around the edges. Uh, you know, we talked about the clown prince of crime, but he's mm-hmm. had uh, the Joker has had several mm. memorable uh, film performances, starting you know, or not starting, but. Uh, very memorably in Batman '66, mm. uh, the the uh, you know the Adam we're saving West, that for mustache Caesar Romero, <laughs> and of course you know Jack Nicholson's portrayal of the Joker in in uh, 1989's Batman, and then you know Heath Ledger uh, playing the Joker in in the Dark Knight. Uh, three very different uh, but I, equally iconic uh, performances. And, and Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin in, oh, and Joker. And yeah. Joker is, is really good. Yep. Yeah, he I is see. amazing. In fact, I would say that the thing that I find most, first of all, by the way, I think that was the, how many characters have had two different actors um, nominated for, for Oscars? And I think, did Joaquin Phoenix win that Oscar? I don't um, think so. But Ooh. just for that, for the same character, but just these t- these different portrayals. And what I find fascinating is Cesar Romero, uh, Jack Nicholson, Heath Ledger, Joaquin Phoenix, they all have very different interpretations yeah. of who that character is. And they are all in their own way equally interesting and, and watchable. They bring different colors to it. Yeah. But if you look at somebody like, like 
Jared Leto, like say what you will about Jared Leto, or even like the sort of the brief uh, appearance of uh, of the Joker in the Batman, which I which I, I I didn't like quite as much as as Mark liked it, but more than Darren liked it. But in that performance, I feel Heath Ledger. I feel sort of a little bit of Heath Ledger karaoke, and to a certain extent, people are doing these these performances of of other performances. But mm. those four guys create very different versions yeah. of the Joker, which tells you what a powerful character he is. Uh, Joker was powerful, almost my Wednesday. Powerful but, character he is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I, I was wrong. Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix did win Best Actor for that, okay. for that performance. So there you go. There you go. Wow, so we got the founder. We, we got the game. We got the it. We oh, got yeah, Poltergeist. Yeah, Jack Nicholson was nominated for supporting actor. So yeah, we, like all these actors were nominated for Oscars for playing nominated the or Joker. One. That's, or one. Yeah. Uh, Nothing I mean, for Cesar Romero. No, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I gotta say that uh, you know for the Joker. I mean, uh, you know, it's not like. Uh, the problem with the, I, like I, the Joker is a very impressive movie, but at the same time, it's a very derivative movie. I mean, should we no, nominate Rupert Pupkin? Should we nominate <laughs> you know uh, 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 Rupert um, Pupkin, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> Rupert Pupkin. <laughs> should we nominate <laughs> French Connection? Uh, Wonderful. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah. No. No. It's fair. It's it's um, and and the the reason why ultimately I I can't believe I'm saying this. The reason why ultimately I went for Killer Clowns from Outer Space for Wednesday and not Joker is A. Um, I feel like we could nominate, we could put Joker in a couple of different theme weeks yeah. um, that wouldn't necessarily be about that. Yes, and movies B, ripping off King of Comedy and French Connection Week. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Like, you know, why not? But I mean, it's like good poets borrow, great poets steal. It's like, ultimately, does the, does the movie work or not? And does the, does the performance work or not? Sure. Yeah, the performance, performance is great. Work. The performance is yeah. great. Um, but it, but it, it, it's not... It, it doesn't have to be that it's, it's, it's not about the clown thing. It's, um, it's, it, it's, it's about something else entirely. Um, and I, it, I think it would have been a nice segue from the man who laughs to Joker or the dark Knight. Well, then you should have like picked that, it. You could have been that. Segue. I could have, but I, but I don't think, but I, but I don't necessarily know that it's right. You blew it. What this week is. It's not, it's not, it's, I think it's great, but it's not fun. See the right thing that would have been, is for you to pick Joker or Dark Knight and then advocate it for Killer Clowns for Outer Space for Friday, yeah, which would have been true, the, would have been the right way to go. But okay, <laughs> it's not going to be. It's not to be. It's not going to be. It's not the history that happened, is it? You Unless can't we get a change the conditions of the test. I can't change the laws of physics. I cheated. Uh, <laughs> so. Um, so, so um, I got to say, I think that Heath Ledger performance in Dark Knight is obviously one of the great performances. Certainly, uh, an amazing epitome of the Clown Prince of Crime. Um, you know, really the reason that movie resonates so and was so successful had more to do with Heath Ledger than pr probably anyone else involved in the making of that movie. Um, then again, I guess it is, you know, we are doing clowns and it's sort of an iconic clown movie. Um, the game, I think, is a great choice just because mm -hmm. it's out of left field, not as out of left field as the founder, but that is an appropriate <laughs> Friday pick. Uh, you know, obviously, I think Poltergeist is a great pick. Um, so we got we got our you know this we House of uh, Thousand Corpses House on Sorority Row you know I mean there's Scott Savage Animal Crackers shakes the clown shakes the clown yes. shakes the clown Bob Kegel, wait. Charlie Chaplin yeah. and Limelight you know we didn't talk about maybe we're saving that for Silence Week wasn't there I'm sure there was some like crazy it, completely 
pretentious Italian film with what, a clown in it. What is like that? a Fellini. Uh, La Strada. Yeah. La Strada has clowns in it. I think <laughs> Eight and a Half has clowns wasn't in it. Wasn't there a movie about uh, uh, John Wayne Gacy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, dude. <laughs> okay, now you're speaking my language. Yeah. Like, that's... Uh, not that I like, you know, have the heads of my victims in my refrigerator. I wouldn't do that. I would keep them in my garage freezer. You're giving us uh, too much information. Yeah, way too much information. Okay, what's it going to be, boys? Tough one. What's it going to be? Let's try and narrow it down. Well, we, we unfortunately, I guess we can't pick the day the clown cried because nobody oh, has a print, so uh, oh, the 4:30 movie couldn't show it. Only couldn't Harry it. Shearer has apparently seen it, so <laughs> we we would be showing. Let them eat static. We. we <laughs> Um, anyone want to advocate strongly for one of these fine choices? I think any of them, uh, that would be great. It does. No, I look <laughs> I, I, personally, I think that, that the right call here is it. Although I think it it's is so it, obvious. It, it, yeah, exactly. And it can slot into, into other weeks. Um, and especially so I, I'm a little fascinated by the it, poultry guys to pick, frankly. Especially is because it wasn't as good as the TV movie version. Mm. Mm. In my I don't know. part one, Tim Curry. Part uh, two, definitely not. Like, uh, but part one, I don't know. I think part one was pretty terrific. I, I I would advocate for the founder only because it's completely bonkers. <laughs> I would advocate for Poltergeist. Yeah, yeah the clown kind of is so little sitting. in there. But he's pivotal. Yeah, but, it's, but it's totally pivotal, and it sticks with you. And it encapsulates this whole fear of clowns. You know, yeah. they, they only have to be there for a little bit, and they stick with you, and they scare you. Let's face it. They scare you. You know, <laughs> it's, it's like, what's the, what's the Jack Handy thing? Um, deep thoughts? Yeah, it, it was like the Jack Handy is like, you know, deep thoughts. It's like, I've always been afraid of clowns. Maybe it's because a clown killed my parents. <laughs> I've always been afraid of, afraid of clowns, and I always will be. <laughs> I blame them for the, the death of my if being a coward means running and screaming and tripping and crying and begging for mercy, well then, Mr. Brave Man, I guess I am a coward. Steve, you're the voice of reason. Be, be Help reasonable. Us, Steve. Help us. Help us. Help us. Steve. Well, I mean, I, I dearly love Poltergeist, and I agree that it's uh, an iconic clown performance by an inanimate object that becomes animated <laughs> by ghosts. Um, I love The Founder. Uh, it's a terrific movie. I kind of wish I picked it for a surprise week. Because it's, uh, it was, it's, a, it's a wonderful movie that everyone should see uh, if you haven't seen it. It was a surprise you didn't. Uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of leaning towards it because that's a, a the clown is so central to that movie and he's scary as hell uh even though the sequel was a big disappointment um i'll, I'll, I, I'll go along with that i'll go along with that i'll go along with it just because i want the show to be over <laughs> <laughs> this is a good episode man it's like this is insane but it's a pretty good episode i uh, sort, of, sort of like a clown it's insane <laughs> I'm scared. I'm scared all these clowns. I just want them to go away. Um, Okay. So are we going to go with it? Anybody want to say anything about Andy Machete's uh, It? uh, This movie that took the world by storm a couple of summers ago? Um, What's great about that film is that it really captures the, the relationships between those kids. 
And it makes their everyday horrors feel very integrated into the the horror that's presented by the supernatural, that's Mm. presented by the clown, which makes it incredibly immediate. And in a way, all of that really underlines what's wrong with the sequel. Uh, You know, in the book and in the miniseries, all of the stuff that took place uh, in a contemporary sense, all of the the modern uh, events required uh, you know, the, the events that happened when, when those characters were children to give it stakes, to give it context. Decoupled from that, all of the things with the kids still work. The things with the adults don't work anymore because the, the context is now missing. Even if you watch those movies back to back, it's missing. You would need to recut them into, into something else. But it's, it is a, a, a weirdly beautiful coming-of-age story. And one of the things that Stephen King has always done very well is tell stories about being a child and the experience of being a child and experiencing fear as a child and how we process fear, uh, what we do with it, uh, and how we overcome it. So I would recommend it not just because it's a great horror film, but because it is, it is honestly felt and it is honestly conveyed. It's very well directed. The performances by those kids are, are terrific and you love them and you fear for them. Um, and, you know, it is, it is better, frankly, than it had, I think, any right to be. And, and what you just said kind of shows, throws into sharper relief why the sequel or part two wasn't nearly as successful because I, I've always found, for me anyway, horror movies, the, the bigger they get, the less scary they get. And yep. this, this, you know, when, once you have a giant clown running around with these crazy visual effects, it's just becomes, compl- it's not believable anymore. You, 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 I, what I always find. Not emotionally believable Yeah, anymore. exactly. Yeah. The, okay. I, for the fear to be real, I like a, like a sort of a lower stakes in a way. It's not like, you know, world ending stakes. It's like the stakes are to the characters that you care about. Maybe we should have gone with Blue Velvet, the candy colored clown. I call this Sandman. <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> Got okay. to go see Ben. Okay, maybe not. Well, we, good neighbor to we, we sent in the clowns. They're here. <laughs> Do with them what you will. Anyway, that was Clown Week. Um, Steve, what are we watching on Monday? <laughs> Monday, it's Bill Murray, Gina Davis, and Randy Quaid as they pull off a heist in Quick Change. Darren, Tuesday, it's very, very quiet. Tuesday is Conrad Veidt being very quiet indeed in The Man What Laughs. (laughs) On Wednesday, Ashley Edward Miller, what are we watching? Wednesday is 1988's Kyoto Brothers opus Killer Clowns. From outer space. And on Thursday, Roger Moore is Ian Fleming's secret agent, James Bond, 007, in 1983's Clown Opus, Octopussy. The Clown Pussy. (laughs) That doesn't sound good at all. And on Friday, it's Michael Keaton running in as the founder. What? Stephen King. He's stealing the slot, just like he stole the secret recipe. It's Stephen (laughs) King's It. My grandfather thinks this town is cursed. That all the bad things that happen in this town are because of one thing. An evil thing.
come with me. You'll float too. I saw something. A clown. Yeah, I saw him too. What happens when another Georgie goes missing? Or one of us? Are you just gonna pretend it isn't happening like everyone else in this town? If we stick together, we'll win. Unless you're loving it, and you want the founder. <laughs> I'm loving it. Part one. Part one. Part the founder. Part, part two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and on Saturday, it's the drive-in movie. The founder. The founder. Let's <laughs> see the founder at the drive-in. <laughs> it's a drive-through drive-in. That's right. That's right. I see. Yes. Yeah. There you, you go. Can bring your hamburger sandwich to your car. Right. Actually, we do it, mm. it, it, it with the grimace instead of a clown. Oh, mm. dude. Wow. Hey, kids, come under the table and have an adventure. <laughs> oh, gosh. What? Both, <laughs> both my hands are on top of the table. But grimace, you have four hands. Where are the other two? <laughs> those aren't two pillows. <laughs> we don't see those characters enough, I have to say. The hamburger. <laughs> And, and know, Mayor McCheese. He's just misunderstood. Well, Mayor McCheese is spent, you know, he 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 took a bribe to build the stadium and now he's, <laughs> he's right, big, he big Mac had to lock him up. They had to lock right. him up. That's right. <laughs> he's he'll be out in about 10 years. He'll be back doing the commercials. Okay, so gentlemen, this was a pleasure as always and a sincere sensation. And uh, if you are a fan of this podcast, please rate us five stars wherever you listen, whether it be Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, all these wonderful podcasts. Or McDonald's. Or McDonald's, that's McDonald's. right. We're going to be like the uh, 4.30 movie Happy Meal coming soon. That's right. And it'll have pictures of all of us. You, you'll, That's how you'll lose your appetite. We'll all be on the I side of the box. I want Ackerman on my plate so I can eat off his face. Well, if I had a dime every time I heard that. <laughs> and of course you'll be able to uh, see all of us down at the uh, San Diego Comic Con in late July and uh, down in uh, the Vegas at the uh, Star Trek the Vegas uh, the Vegas <laughs> the Vegas um, so we hope you'll you'll join us uh, at one of these opportunities to come and say hello Darren and Steve and Ashley would love to meet you maybe <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, but, but they'll, they'll, they'll talk to you but I'll uh, say bring bring your personal scooters. Don't yes, don't come near me with the possible. Don't come near me with a scooter. You just stay away. Stay, <laughs> I gotta get a restraining order. No scooters within <laughs> ten, like, ten feet. You need a bowling pin sound effect for the next one that hits you. It'll be great. I better not get hit. I'm still. I you know. I my knee never felt the same ever since. You gotta face your fear, Mark. You gotta face the fear. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, you know, if everyone confronts a secret pain, it's not so secret. It's it's pretty out there. I don't hide a secret pain. I have a very overt pain. Everyone confronts a secret pain, okay, including their sciatica. I'm not even going to bring up Cybok. That's for the other show. We'll talk about right. that another time. 
Okay, well, listen, um, thank you for joining us for the Send in the Clowns Week of 430 Movie. You can visit us at 430 Movie Pod on 430 Movie. You can visit us uh 430 Movie Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And, of course, a very special th- thanks to uh, Mark Rivera, who always makes it sound so great, as well as Bill Ritter, who's the man who started it all. And, of course, uh, we want to thank Peter Holmstrom, Zach Raggetts, Natalie Miscali, and everyone over at Electric Entertainment for continuing to bring you the 430 movie week after week, except the weeks we miss. And uh, we'll see you next week with an all-new 430 movie. Until then, Eyewitness News starts now. Isn't it rich? Are we a Isn't it bliss? Don't you approve? One who keeps tearing around, one who can't move. Where are the clouds? There are two. This show is produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production.